Hey everybody, this is the Well Laid Plate. Food to get you laid. Hosted by me, Josh. And me, Vic. Today's episode will be our first recipe, steak and palatio, followed by a few tips for setting the right mood for your date. So Vic, this is our first episode. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Okay. Well, my name is Vic, and I have been in the service, hospitality, restaurant industry for over 10 years. I love food. I'm also a single gal, so I'm also loving the dating portion of my life as well. And I'm looking forward to hosting this with my friend Josh. What about you? We have really similar backgrounds. Uh, We both have a background in the restaurant industry. We've had a lot of odd jobs. And Vic and I actually met and became friends working at our, on our uh, first day at our job at a travel agency that we were at for a few years together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good old travel. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get started, I wanted to lay out um, kind of what this, what this is going to be about, how the, how that, how it's going to be laid out, really. So basically every week we're going to come up with a recipe. We're going to share it with you. We're going to post our own photos of it. Um, on our social medias. It's going to be really unedited. This is not staged food. We do not have a food stylist. This is literally just food in our kitchens. Yes, it's definitely something that we do on a regular basis. We love to cook. Um, We like to find different ways to put things together and also make them fun and romantic and sexy. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. And for today's recipe, I went with Kind of an oldie but a goodie in my household. Uh, it's called steak and fellatio. It's a lot like a caprese salad, but with the addition of a toasted bread and a seared filleted steak. It's really, really luscious looking. It's it's a sexy dish. Yum. Also for the vegan and vegetarian out there, I am pretty sure that you can also do a similar tempeh and or tofu version, which we can try and post on our Facebook or Instagram page. Totally. You could completely omit the steak from this recipe, and it would also be, I think it would be just fine. It would be very delicious. Perfect. All right. I also want to go ahead and list ingredients every time we do an episode, just because I want to make sure to keep myself accountable that the list is short. I don't want anything to be too complicated. Got it. So for this recipe, it is just a steak. I went with the New York strip. Uh, Tomatoes. I went with a red greenhouse grown Canadian tomato. Fresh mozzarella. I even bought the pre-sliced because I was lazy. Uh, a pre-bought uh, balsamic glaze. You can make your own, but you don't have to. And then fresh basil, leaves, and baguette, and some salt. That's really mm, good. Sounds so good. Uh, my store, um, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. My shop overall, it cost about 31 bucks, And I paired that with a, uh, like a dry rosé. But my take on wine with any meal is the best wine to pair with steak is the best wine you like to drink. Yeah, there's no sense of getting a wine that it may be, quote, better to go with the dish. If you don't like it, you're not going to drink it. It's good to explore a little bit here and there, but overall you want to be in the now and love the wine that you're drinking along with your food. Exactly. And with the dish, I wanted to note a couple things. um, What's important, what's not important, and what will work out perfectly if it's done correctly. Uh, For the look... Um, to make sure everything turns out properly, it's really good to make sure that you get your steak up to room temp before you sear it. Uh, I like good tomatoes. Make sure the tomatoes are good. 
If the tomatoes at your store are all garbage that week, skip this recipe, try it another time. Uh, also, nice-looking basil is important. On that note, a lot of stores sell uh, pre-packed clamshell basil leaves. They also sell live basil plants. If you look at the pricing, they're actually usually about the same price, so pick whichever one looks better. It doesn't matter if you're going to kill an entire basil plant to make this dish, if it's the same price as the clamshell basil leaves anyway. Yeah, the basil family won't mind. They're going to be happy that you're enjoying a they cousin more, or They have more cousins two. for me to eat later. <laughs> um, quick question, Josh. I know that this is something that I always try to keep in mind when I'm at this store. Um, when I'm looking for a tomato, especially for something like this, what kind of tomato do you typically recommend? I know most people, beginners in the kitchen, they'll say uh, the small ones, the big ones. Which ones do you normally put on this recipe? I've actually, my favorite tomatoes to do with this dish are actually um, the multicolor cherry heirloom tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Like the ones in the little pack. Uh, however, because it looked better, I went with a round, red, greenhouse-grown Canadian tomato. Also delicious. Um not as much variety in flavor, and it um it just it plates really well, which is why I went with that style. Awesome, that sounds good. Now, what's not important about this dish is the cut of the steak. It, I mean, if you can afford to get a New York strip, it's like 15, 20 bucks, great. It'll make it look even better. If not, it does not matter. Like I said earlier, you can skip the steak. If it's not in the budget, cut it. Also, the exact bread, not important. I went with a French-style baguette. You could also do like a larger French bread. Uh, something I did notice is as I was slicing and toasting it, it made way too much. So, um, keep in mind, you're probably only going to need half of a French baguette or less. <laughs> I also think, um, that especially with some people, again, beginners or people who have not made this recipe before, um, they think they have to purchase more than one steak. Is that something that you guys do or do you just get one? Yeah, just one. Awesome. It's definitely a smaller plate to be shared. I want all of our recipes that we make to be smaller plates to be shared. Now, what is not important about this dish, but also is, is the pan. You have two great options. You can use either steel or my preferred pan for steak, which is cast iron. But whatever you do, do not use a non-stick pan to sear your steak. It will not brown. It will just cook, and it will cook straight through, and it will be rubber, and it'll it'll... They'll have no crust on it. It'll be, it'll be bad. Don't do it. Agreed. I think also um, a lot of people put so much stock, too, in having really expensive pans, but they're really not going to be that expensive. You can go to any store and get just a tiny pan if you want, and it'll cook pretty much everything that you need. My favorite cast iron pan is a pan that my mother-in-law found underneath a porch at a house. And I, it's cast iron, so I <laughs> stripped it with lye, re-seasoned it, and it's perfect. It'll last another hundred years. Yeah, you can find a lot actually at flea markets. You can find them pretty much anywhere. And they're infinitely refinishable. It takes a lot to truly ruin a cast iron pan. Yeah, and it's actually a good form of self-defense in the South. Just in case. <laughs> All right, now on the perfect plate for this dish, I'd recommend using a white plate or a plate that's mostly white. Because the dish itself is pretty much a stoplight colored, so a nice white plane for that to sit on is going to look best, just because of the vibrant colors. Also, ideally, um, you want to cook the steak medium to medium rare, and have a little fun with the balsamic glaze, but don't go completely nuts. I love balsamic glaze. It's one of my favorites. That's it for the food portion right now. Uh, we don't want to go into too much detail when we're going to have the recipe written down anyway, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. 
Welcome back, everybody. Next up is mood lighting. We wanted to talk a little bit about how we like to light our houses for a date or romantic night in. Ambiance. What myself and my partner like is ambient lighting. We like to have all the lighting coming from all around the room, none of it coming from directly overhead. Now, what that means is um, <laughs> that might be at odds with your actual kitchen situation. Uh, most people listening to this are probably in rentals. Rental kitchens have terrible lighting. They usually just have one really sad fluorescent light overhead. Yes. It's tragic. No, no makeup can really help you out with that Nothing one. Nothing can fix that. No. So what I'd recommend in that situation is light the rest of your house properly. You know, candles, lamps, no overheads. And then, you know, do what you have to in the kitchen and get the hell out of there. And then we can get to the music portion. Uh, generally, I like quiet music for dates with not a lot of lyrics. Vic, however, she has a different <laughs> um, I like lyrics on my music. Sometimes, uh, well, Josh and I had been talking about this previously. For some reason, when it comes to dinner and music without lyrics, it reminds me of being in my grandmother's kitchen when she was trying to teach me how to waltz during the noodles cooking for spaghetti. So for me, I think it's romantic and also it helps you get to know the other person. If you select maybe a playlist with some lyrics on it, um, I think uh, you can also give the control to your uh, whichever music provider you choose on your playlist to the person that's there and they can kind of put on some music they like. Then I wanted to touch on a few things that we'll, we'll go into more detail in later episodes, but things that I always think are important, especially if you are having someone over for the first time, or it's their first time into your place, or even if they're just picking you up. The uh, most important being just to clean up, declutter, uh, make sure you don't have anything out on your tables or your floors. Um, if you have a lot of items just sitting on the floor, a lot of people don't realize that it actually just makes the room look dirty, even if it's perfectly clean. You don't want anything on the floor that doesn't have to. Basically just furniture. Or a floor drobe, whichever one. <laughs> That's the next morning. <laughs> uh, as far as other things going on in your home, uh, make sure that your pets are tidied up as well. Clean litter boxes. Make sure your children are clean if they are there. And make sure that, you know, if, if you have children or a lot of children, make sure that you at least somewhat removed the evidence from the house. You want it to look like a nice date, not necessarily a daycare. <laughs> Yeah, definitely trying to put toys into uh, their areas if they have a room um, or whatnot. You don't want to necessarily involve this dinner with, you know, a preschool for exactly. sure. All right. And then we get on to the, um, the meat of the episode, if you will, fellatio itself. Uh, now, I do not want to endorse making someone steak and giving them oral on your first date. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. This dish is designed to lead to a more intimate night with someone you know well enough to know how they at least like their steak. Or, you know, if your date does like their steak well done, do not make this dish and maybe do not date that person. I agree completely. Anybody that likes their steak well done is definitely bonkers. They just should have a hamburger. Yeah, they're mental. Yeah. As far as actual sex acts go, we will also be diving deeper into sexual techniques more on other episodes. Uh, but I'll just leave it here for now with basic BJ. Simplicity is best. Firm, <laughs> a firm, but not crushing grip. Work the shaft, which is crucial, or you could be there a very long time. Uh, make sure you cup the balls. Lots of suction. 
and listen to what your partner wants. Ask them how they are doing. Really, sometimes I think that some people don't like to talk during that. And that's mainly the reason why most people engage in something like that. So their mouth is full? So, yeah. So they can either, uh, you know, just doesn't get have to, to the... be. Yeah, I don't think it has to be a lot. Maybe just like come up for air and be like, is this good? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes you can tell it is without asking as well. Yeah, nonverbal is good too. You, just, you should have some sort of language back and forth how you're doing. Maybe a little wink. A little yeah. wink here and there. Something. Um, also, how did we uh how did we come up with this name again? It was years ago. The name itself is from our mutual friend Jackie. I described the dish to her and how it would look on a plate, and she was like, That sounds like it looks like a sex act. It needs a sexier name. <laughs> That's so, right. <laughs> so we came up with steak and fellatio. It's a dinner that will generally lead to fellatio or oral of some sort. We are gonna go into Cunnilingus more in other episodes, but I thought the, that overall, that deserves more time than we can give it this week. Definitely. I think this is a great recipe. I think it's definitely a sexy one. It definitely will lead to wonderful dreams happening in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to mention that in future episodes, uh, we're going to be switching things up a lot. We're not going to be just um, like a steak and bread or meat and potatoes kind of podcast. Next week, I think we're doing vegetarian. Still not sure what. But as soon as we have it, you'll know. And then I'd like to start including uh, bonus soup episodes every once in a while. It's kind of like a hobby of mine is coming up with giant pots of strange soups. Nice. And those can actually last you quite a bit. So you're not totally going over your food budget. And also you can... Which saves you money for date night. Yeah. And you can also send some home with people when they're over the next day. You know, it's kind of like a little little gift on the way. Yeah. (laughs) Send them off gift. And Vic, I want to ask you if you'd consider doing some um, non-date but bonus episodes, maybe kid-friendly recipes. Of course, I'd love to. I I know for picky eaters out there, um, I am a mom of a seven-year-old. And he did not come into this world as a picky eater, but somehow uh, established that over the course of the the last two years. So that's simply something that I've had to go around and figure out how to get this one to eat. So I would be happy to do that. And also we'll display all the recipes on our uh, social media pages. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening in and we'll see you again next week. See you soon.